It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other places where you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And starting on Monday, you can tune into every single episode of Locked On Panthers over on YouTube. But don't wait until Monday. Go ahead to YouTube.com right now. Search Locked On Panthers and click on the subscribe button. Now, there's two Locked On Panthers. There's Locked On Florida Panthers, the red one, and then there's Locked On Carolina Panthers, this show, and the blue icon. You guys are smart enough to figure that out on your own, but in case there was any confusion, that is the one you need to click on, the blue one. So click on that, click subscribe, and starting on Monday, you get to watch me every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right here on Locked On Panthers on YouTube. And of course, if you rather listen to the show on the podcast, traditionally, you can continue to do that on all the platforms where you listen to the show now. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. You can either at me or DM me to participate every single week. So go ahead and do that. Now, if you have a question for next week's show, so if you did not participate this week, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and get those questions in. There's a lot of questions this week, so let's go ahead and get right into it today. Starting off with Joey, who says, how would you feel about trading McCaffrey this offseason for draft capital and either signing someone like Marlon Mack or drafting someone like Kyron Williams? Also, how do you feel about signing Tyler Huntley to compete with Sam Darnold or trade Darnold and keep just Huntley? Okay, starting off the second one, the latter, um, Huntley... Would be an interesting signing. He had a really good, I guess, tryout or trial period there, however you want to describe it, at the end of the season for the Baltimore Ravens. Had him right there in week 18 with an opportunity to go to the playoffs. They lost to Pittsburgh. Chips didn't fall their way. Injuries hurt that team all season long with Lamar Jackson, losing all the running backs that they lost. That was a really tough situation for Baltimore. But he acquitted himself quite well, and I think he should have – a decent market out there this season for teams that are going to be interested in a quarterback, whether that's just be as competition or potentially be their starter. I would be interested in Tyler Hartley coming here. And if I'm Baltimore, I'm not letting him leave the building Um, and trading Sam Darnold. Again, no team out there wants Sam Darnold's $18.85 million cap hit. And like last season when the Carolina Panthers traded away Teddy Bridgewater, who was actually a capable starter, they had to pay a part of his salary. That would be the same case, and they might even have to give up another asset if they were able to offload Sam Darnold, and they don't have a lot of assets to give up. Uh, Let's see, and in your first one, trading McCaffrey. I'm not interested in trading McCaffrey at all. I'm cool bringing back Christian McCaffrey. His extension starts off this year, four years, $64 million, $16 million per year. It can be really hard to offload that. He's still very young. 
I think the injuries the last two seasons have been bad luck more than over usage. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. He's still the best running back in the league when healthy. Now the key is when healthy has not been healthy. And a lot of the high pack backs aren't healthy. It's a position that it's hard to stay healthy in, which is why they drafted Chuba Hubbard. And it's why I think they should try to bring back Amir Abdullah to help in the event that McCaffrey goes down and also to take off a little bit of the load of McCaffrey throughout the rest of the season. Marlon Mack, if they were to make a move, would be a good um, a good decision for them. Probably a low-cost guy, but he's also going to be someone who's looking for a decent payday as would be his first opportunity to really get paid in the National Football League being a free agent from Indianapolis. And I like Kyron Williams, but that's someone, yeah, you could draft him, but they just drafted a running back, so I don't really see that being a priority. Uh, going on to Aaron who says, for Friday, which is today, I know you're not a huge fan of draft talk, which, by the way, guys, don't love the draft. Not my favorite part of the year. Um, like when football is actually being played, opposed to talking about if this college player will get drafted here and help us out, because oftentimes they're probably not going to play here and it's a lot of wasted breath. But, hey, it's content, and the NFL is 24-7, 365, and I am totally down to answer every question you guys have about the NFL draft. But either way, he asked me if I saw the report from CBS Sports and Bleach Report that said the Panthers are enamored with with Kenny Pickett. If so, what are your thoughts? I think you were bringing up what happened in Bleach Report. All they were doing is aggregating the actual reporting from Jason Lock and Fora, which we talked about last week on the show. It's not surprising. We know the connection. Matt Rule had Kenny Pickett commit to him before Kenny Pickett decided that he was going to go to Pitt. Um, Kenny Pickett played at Pitt, obviously. David Tepper used to be a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, alumnus of Pittsburgh. So, yeah, there's a lot of ties and connection there. It's not really shocking. And Scott Fitter even spoke to the media at the end of the season talking about Kenny Pickett, what he saw from him this past season, and especially getting to see him in Uptown Charlotte during the ACC championship game where Pitt was able to beat Wake. He looked awesome this year. So it's not really a surprise. And, again, you got to see how free agency plays out. I don't think Kenny Pickett necessarily is the best option for the Carolina Panthers going into next season, especially if Matt Rule wants to keep his job for a fourth season. But he absolutely is an option if they're going to take a quarterback. It's either going to be him or likely Malik Willis. Mark seems to have another question as it pertains to the draft and quarterbacks, saying, hi, Julian. Hi, Mark. Love your show. Thank you. Mark is talking to us all the way from Northern Ireland. We are worldwide, folks. If the top three tackles are gone off the draft board by pick six, who would you ideally take? Pickett, Willis, our huge reaches at six, and if we can't trade down, I honestly believe taking Linderbaum here. It's not a sexy, it's not a sexy pick, but he's the only one that can come in day one and help the team improve right away. All the mock drafts, and I'm not necessarily a believer in hey, you're overdrafting, you're getting him in a position where you shouldn't. I, yes, I get it. You can draft, trade back, get more value, um, get some picks, and then get the guy. But if you love someone and they come in, they play really well for you. Does it really matter? whether you got them at six or if you traded back and got them at 14, 15. I guess maybe in theory it does. But as long as you get the player, that's really that matters the most. So, no, I don't really think, again, depending on how things play out with free agency, Pickett or Willis should be the pick pick there. But Scott Federer has said that that's when you need to be aggressive and trying to get your quarterback. And if they like one of those guys, then I imagine they'll probably take them at six. I would love Linderbaum. I've talked about this before. The center position is certainly up in the air. I, I imagine that Pat Elfline's likely – the favorite right now and probably after everything plays out this free agency and draft season to be the starter at center next season. But if you get a guy like Linderbaum, first-round pick, who also, like Elfline back in college, was a Remington Award trophy winner for the top center in college football, why not take him? You could have him for the next 10 decades. The Carolina Panthers need another Ryan Khalil. They need they don't need another patchwork center for three years like they had with Matt Paradis, who wasn't good in year one uh, after recovering from that leg injury. Year two, bounced back, and then last year, 
had the ACL tear, and unfortunately, before then, wasn't all that great for the Carolina Panthers. I would love Linderbaum if they could do that. Um, That would be awesome. But I don't think the top three tackles are going to be gone before pick six. That would be potentially a nightmare scenario for the Carolina Panthers if that does happen, depending, of course, again, on what happens prior to that, then on free agency. Okay, Mike, he says, do you think if Kyler Murray is actually leaving the Cardinals, we could sign him? And if so, do you think we still would be able to retain some guys on defense like Reddick, Gilmore, and Jackson? Kyler Murray is still on his rookie deal, so his cap hit would actually be less this upcoming season by probably a pretty decent margin than uh, Sam Darnold. I also do believe that he's that was his third year he just played, so that means that he's going to have to have his fifth year option picked up by whoever team he whatever team he plays for this upcoming season. So I don't really think Kyler Murray is going to leave Arizona. Uh, it's a weird situation right now. The leadership aspect of it concerns me. Like cap hit for next year is eleven million dollars, which you know that's thirty million dollars basically if you add Darnold's and his because Darnold's basically nineteen million dollars. Yeah, it's eighteen point eight. Yeah, it's thirty million dollars if you add those two together. That's a lot of money to wrap up in the quarterback position, especially when you have a backup. And it's going to take assets to get Kyler Murray. You're going to have to trade multiple first-round picks to get him. And I don't know if Kyler Murray is one of those A1 type of dudes. And the way he's behaved the last couple of weeks doesn't really make me want to have him here in Carolina. And the way Matt Rule's talked about guys in the past and being the right fit and with the culture, whatever the hell the culture is that Matt Rule's trying to establish here in Carolina, it doesn't appear to me that Kyler Murray would be at the top of the list of quarterbacks that they want to bring here, even if it means trying to save his job. But yeah, if you bring Kyler Murray in, it's going to be really tough to bring back Hassan Reddick, especially, and Gilmore and Dante or Dante Jackson. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show. Then on the other side, I'm going to answer more of your questions here on a Friday. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get back to it here on another edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Nick wants to know what my ideal free agency and draft would be. He says he'd like to see the Panthers sign Tron Armstead, who's going to be a free agent out of New Orleans at left tackle. Draft Kenny Pickett because it sounds like he's an intelligent player, hence the pro-ready narrative about him. 
Not sure if I feel the same way, but man, he wants to get back to the winning ways. Also, um, I had someone ask me as well, Josh, saying what is our perfect offseason in your opinion in terms of who we sign, cut, and trade? Ideally, they get a left tackle during a free agency period. They don't wait for a rookie like Charles Cross or Evan Neal is unlikely to be there at six or the Oquanu kid from NC State who's a local. I don't think that they need to try and depend on one of those guys to be your starting left tackle next year. It, it worked out last year for the Chargers, I understand, but the situation doesn't always work out for every team that goes and hey, says, hey, left tackle, be our starter. Like that's Brady Christensen, not the best example per se because he wasn't a first-round pick, but a lot of y'all want to see him play, and I get it. He could not have done any worse, but they wanted to ease him into it. You can't ease in a rookie at left tackle next season if you draft him in the first round. Looking at the Jets having Mekhi Becton, the same thing Andrew Thomas with the Giants. He hasn't necessarily, at least his rookie year, wasn't great, and that led a lot of people to wonder whether that was the right decision. And there's I've seen mock drafts saying, that the Giants should take another left tackle because Andrew Thomas has, has not been great. It's not a, a shoo-in that these guys are absolutely going to be studs from day one, but I know who is a known commodity. It's Teron Armstead, and a guy like him is certainly someone who I'd want on the roster, so I'd love to have that at left tackle. Um, I would love for them to find – I mean, the perfect – yeah, I mean, the perfect offseason is for you get the left tackle in free agency, you can bring back Hassan Reddick, and also be able to find – a defensive end who can set the edge. You, you, you draft a safety, I think you do that. Um, you draft a linebacker, and you also find a linebacker who can start for you this upcoming season in free agency. And then you're able to – you, you got to obviously sign DJ Moore, hopefully. He's got his fifth-year option coming up this year anyway. Uh, boy, well, he'll be making $11 million, but you extend him. You pick up Brian Burns' fifth-year option. Um be nice to have a kicker that you're you can rely on. Zane Gonzalez is good last year, but he hasn't been great throughout his career in the National Football League. So I think that would be the ideal offseason, but we got to see how it plays out. And ideally, yeah, you are able to convince like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, one of those guys to come to Carolina and you don't have to give up a ton of assets. But I just also don't think that's realistic in the best way for the Carolina Panthers to go about things. Like The focus should be on building the overall roster, which is what I was saying back when they had Bridgewater. It's like, I get it. He's not good, but like they don't need to force the quarterback decision. Like Just stick with them. If you're going to get a quarterback, then you should tra- draft one instead of trading for Darnold. But yeah, the focus right now should be building the best roster possible so that you can hopefully win games this year, no matter who the quarterback is. And if things don't work out, whoever the next quarterback is next season is walking into a better situation and a far more attractive situation, which was the problem last year when they tried to trade for Matthew Stafford. And he said, no, I don't want to go there and lose and ended up in L.A. Um, Justin says, hey, Julian, hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, Hope the same. So I just read an article about the Colts might trade or release Wentz. Please tell me there's no way possible the Panthers can get him due to his contract. I want nothing to do with Wentz unless it's an even swap for him and Darnold or even the Panthers getting a pick in return, which I highly doubt will happen. Salary cap-wise, there's no way you can do both. Well, they don't trade for Carson Wentz. That makes no sense. If Chris Mortensen's report from ESPN is true, that the Colts plan on either trading or more likely releasing him, uh, that being Carson Wentz, by March 18th, then why would you trade for a guy the team's clearly done with? I don't know what the Colts' plan is. That's just another team that's going to be in the market for a quarterback this offseason, which is going to make it even more difficult for the Panthers. And the Colts, heading into the final week of the season, all they had to do was win in Jacksonville, and they would be a playoff team. They, a couple years ago, their situation is, I got to imagine, very frustrating for Colts fans. You had Andrew Luck. 
You go to the divisional round, you lose to Kansas City in the first year of Patrick Mahomes as a starter. You feel good about what you have. You're coming back, a team that you think can compete for the Super Bowl, then luck retires. You have one year of Jacoby Brissett. That doesn't really work out. You bring in Phillip Rivers on his last leg, gets you to the playoffs, losing the wild card round. You bring in Wentz, you trade a first and another pick that could end up being a first to Philadelphia, thinking that working with Frank Reich, who was his OC back at, with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl and his time there, that that would work out. And then Wentz doesn't get vaccinated, gets COVID, misses practice, and is terrible in the final couple weeks of the season. They miss the playoffs. Like I can't imagine being in the situation the Colts are in where you have a playoff caliber roster, uh, roster and you have a team that potentially actually is only a quarterback away, possibly, from winning a Super Bowl, and you can't get there. But no, I don't think you're going to be able to trade him. Which, uh, trading for him doesn't make any sense. Wait for him to get cut, and if the Panthers want to sign him to a very cheap deal and let him be uh, competition for Sam Darnold, I'm cool with that, even though like Wentz is better than Darnold. He's an upgrade, but it's not the kind of upgrade I'm talking about if the Panthers want to find that quarterback who can win him a Super Bowl. Like, you bring him in for a year, you have him start, and if you can win, then maybe you sign him after that if you think you've seen enough. Truly, it feels like they're going to be back in a quarterback market again in 2023 unless maybe they draft somebody or they're able to trade for a quarterback or sign someone or Darnold somehow fixes his brain and figures out how to play football at this level next season. Okay, let's see. Daniel says, Julian, thank you for always taking the time to answer my long questions thoroughly. You're welcome. I know it's easy to say that we're only a quarterback and O-line away from contending. Is that easier said than done? I mean, we are still one of the most penalized teams and the youngest team in the NFL. Are we that close, or is it just easy to say? It's a lot easier to say than do, because if it was as easy to do as we say it, then it would have already been done, and that would be the case for every team in the National Football League. Obviously, they're not just a quarterback away. Like, let's look, let's look at this. Like, seriously, break it down. The quarterback spot in the offense, we're going to go offense to defense and special teams. Quarterback situation on offense is abysmal. Darnold can't play at this level, and he is sucking up $18.858 million of the cap this season, and that's going to prohibit the Panthers potentially from re-signing some guys and also maybe being in the market to bring in a quarterback. Um, So that's a problem. Quarterback stinks. On the offensive line, you don't have a left tackle. You don't have a left guard. You don't really have a center, but maybe you have a guy who can play it. And then you got Christensen. He fits in there somewhere, and you have a right tackle. So three... Of the O-line positions are up in the air. So there's holes there. We are, you, already, you asked about that, the quarterback and O-line. Then look at the wide receiver position. You only have DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson looked really good his first year here. And last year, a combination of the quarterback play, his own mistakes with drops, and uh, the O-line, everything. He was awful. And I wish they had not extended him because then they could be in the market to get another wide receiver. But instead, you're hoping that Robbie bounces back next year. But they only have one wide receiver you can depend on. At tight end, we'll see if Ian Thomas comes back, but Ian Thomas has proven that he's not a pass-catching tight end, and at least the ones that we've seen in the past with uh, like Greg Olson. So finding a type like that would be great, but they don't have that on the roster. And even if Dan Arnold was here, he didn't offer the same physical presence as Greg Olson provided when he was here in Carolina. So they don't have a pass-catching tight end. Um, they have one wide receiver. You look on the defensive side of the ball. They have edge rushers, absolutely. Burn, they have a good foundation in Burns. Brown, who needs to be better. I think Gross Matos can be really good for this team moving forward. You got Shaq Thompson. You got J.C. Horn. You got Jeremy Chen. But you need another linebacker. They had one in Denzel Perryman. For whatever reason, he didn't fit here, was injured. They decided that Jermaine Carter Jr. was going to be the starter because he played all those snaps during the pre- during preseason and training camp. That was the wrong decision. 
But again, they decided to move on, and things didn't work out for them this past year. It was also the only time that um, Perryman's ever been healthy for a full season in his career. Go figure. It go. It happens when he's with the Raiders after he gets traded from the Panthers. They need another safety after Justin Burris left, and maybe Kenny Robinson can step up and be that guy, but are you really going to rely on a fifth-rounder who has been on and off the roster the last couple of years and stepped up towards the end of the season? But still, there's a lot of holes. So, no, they're not just a quarterback away. Like You look at the Rams. Like The Rams, defensively, it's not just Aaron Donald. It's not just Aaron Donald. They have Von Miller, who's going to be a free agent, whatever, but they have – um, Leonard Floyd, you got Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson right there on the offensive line. Like Ernest Jones was terrific this pat on Sunday in the Super Bowl. You have so many excellent players on that roster where it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, they were just a quarterback away. The Carolina Panthers are so far from that. Like that's why it's so more important for them to just focus on building the roster instead of trying to cheat the process. Because they talk about process all the time. Instead of trying to cheat it, Build the roster properly because instead you traded away assets, three of them last year. Now you got two of those picks back, whatever, three of them that you could have desperately you could have used to continue to build your roster instead of trying to cheat and not, I mean, like cheat the way things are supposed to go and fast forward the process by hoping that this quarterback could work out. Just build the team properly. That's what's put them in the position that they're in. Where this is such a critical offseason, not just for Matt Rule, but for the entire direction of the franchise. Because if Matt Rule stinks, then we're looking at it. David Tepper hired a guy. Three years wasted. Now you're bringing in another head coach and potentially another quarterback and a brand new staff. And you're starting over again when they should have been building it the right way the whole time. That's the most frustrating thing about what's going on here in Carolina. And David Tepper, as I mentioned on the show on Thursday, he is at the head of it. A lot of that falls at his feet. He owns the team, and he's also a very active participant in the everyday football operations of the Carolina Panthers. So that's a long-winded answer to your question, but man, it's it's annoying just the way things have gone and how they've decided to go about their business here because it really should not be as bad as it is here right now. Okay, let me take another quick pause, and I'll answer the rest of your questions here on a Friday. Hey, y'all, as we sit here in the month of February, most of you have pretty much already given up on your New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Built Bar, it almost feels like we're not really having resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you heard of Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars, by the way, are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate on every single Built Bar. Built Bars are low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. Not only do they taste better, but they are better for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy after that. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. For listeners who served in or work for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. 
If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. Okay, let's get back into it. Uh, Mark says, Julian, say the Panthers can manipulate the 2022 cap space to 30 to 40 million. Who do you think they should try to sign to fill their needs on offense? Quarterback, O-line, tight end, running back, and defense, defensive end, defensive tackle, safety, linebacker, cornerback. Seems like a lot of holes, and it is. Yeah, it is. So it's not going to be easy to fix any of those holes. Starting at quarterback, if you're talking about just signing a free agent, then Carson Wentz. Bring in competition. I, I guess that's the best case scenario because I don't really want to give up any more assets, but I guess let's say that. Um, at tackle, get Teron Armstead because it doesn't look like Orlando Brown Jr. is going to be available there in Kansas City. They're either going to franchise tag him or extend him, but I would say get Armstead at left tackle. Um, I've seen Lakin Tomlinson. Our buddy Joe Marino mentioned that in his article. will be an interesting uh, pick there at guard. I'd be down with that. There's also Brandon Scherf who has been a Pro Bowl, All-Pro guard with the Washington football team. That's someone I'd be looking at. Hey, Andrew Norwell, old Carolina Panther. Maybe he's someone uh, that they should be looking at. Tight end market is also interesting. I saw Ari Myrov at my sports update. He's a pro football focus. He tweeted this out on Thursday. Just a tight end market of Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, David Njoku, Robert Tanyan, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Eric Ebron, CJ Uzama, OJ Howard, Gerald Ever. Like, there's so many dudes out there. Like Looking at it, I would love to have a Gasicki. I imagine Miami doesn't want to lose him. Dalton Schultz probably the same with the Cowboys. Uh, Zach Ertz would be an awesome pickup. They could get Zach Ertz to be here in Carolina. He's had some injury issues over the last couple years, but he's really good. Gronk, obviously, if he wants to keep playing football. like There's a lot of options at tight end that you can bring in. I think Axel would be better than the one that they brought in last year in Dan Arnold. And at running back, I don't think they need to sign anybody. Just re-sign Amir Abdullah, defensive end. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that might be something with the draft that they'd have to, to uh, figure out. Defensive tackle, they're probably fine there for the most part. Safety, I think that's the draft. Linebacker might be the draft as well. But the kid out of Utah, um, God, what is his name? Like, he would be someone I'd love to have if they, dra- if they trade back and they can get multiple picks um, and be able to get, like, a, a lineman and another player in the middle of the first round. That would be cool. I'm looking up as Devin Lloyd. Yeah, I would love like a Devin Lloyd there. And in that corner, just re-sign the guys that are that are on your roster, either Stephon Gilmore or Dante Jackson. Okay, Bill asks, if you were Matt Rule, how would you solve the quarterback issue? If I was Matt Rule, I would have never brought in Sam Darnold. So <laughs> it's really hard to get in the, inside the mind of Matt Rule when I would have never done a lot of things that he's done. Same goes for David Tepper and this entire organization. How would I solve the quarterback issue? It's hard to say because I don't really know how you can solve it. <laughs> you got to convince these guys who want to come here, and they are going to have control of their destiny. And that's a good thing about the NFL and the players having control, like where they want to go, because they're not just going to be like, "Oh, hey, I'm, uh, yeah, you're traded now. You're on this team." Like they have the no trade clauses. Apparently, Kirk Cousins is going nowhere in Minneapolis. He's going to be a Viking again. Aaron Rodgers seems to be staying. Right now, I would say Russell Wilson's probably going to end up in Seattle. Is going to stay in Seattle. So there aren't a lot of options until, or if things get figured out with Deshaun Watson. Like if 
our rule to solve the quarterback issues. If Watson's stuff is done, then you go get him. But that's also three first-round picks. And they also want multiple players. Are you willing to give up three first-rounders along with potentially like a Brian Burns and maybe a Christian? I know you all say Christian McCaffrey, but you're going to have to give up somebody that they want. And that's going to be tough to do. Absolutely. So, hell, again, it it just feels like it's leaning towards Sam Darnold being back here again next year and them hoping to build the best team around him. That's what Greg Olson said they should do, and that might be what they do. They might bring in competition. I feel like they have to. Wentz will be it, and that's not going to excite a lot of people. But he is better than Darnold, and it's not just like Sam Darnold is going to earn a, is going to be given a job. If he wins a job, he earned it, which I doubt he would be able to do. Um, all right, Josh. No, we already asked answered Josh's question earlier. Um, Brody, is Kenny Pickett better than Sam Darnold? I don't know. Kenny Pickett was a Heisman Trophy finalist. Sam Darnold never did that when he was back in college at USC. Um, Darnold is he's a solid. He was a solid player in college. He was better in it during his college career than Pickett was. Pickett had one really good season, but it's hard to say because I don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to look like when he comes to the NFL. But it's hard to imagine that he's really much worse than Darnold. But I can't say that he's better. Um, our buddy here, Tepper's Fake Brass Balls. What is your actual name? Um, he said, or asked, would you re-sign Hassan Reddick to a long-term deal? I would, for the right price, knowing he has only made had one, maybe two, 12-sack year in Arizona where he came five in one game, truly big seasons, and knowing that he is a Matt Rule guy, and strong possibility that Rule and Snow won't be here in 2023. Well, it doesn't matter. It's like Scott Fitter is going to be here. Scott Fitter thinks that he's a good player for this team. Like def- next year, it's going to be interesting. Like they have to bring in a new head coach that could change things, especially like the defensive scheme and philosophy. But not any team is going to be a base. They might have a base even front, but there's going to be a hybrid to every defense. Whether you're a base three four or base four three, you're not just going to simply play that all the time. You're going to have to find ways to match the personnel on the offensive side of the football. So it doesn't really matter necessarily what the scheme might be in the future, but you're not worried about that. You're thinking if you're the Carolina Panthers that Matt Rule's going to get things turned around this year and next, and you're going to win and that he'll be here for a long time. You're not thinking about, oh, well, hey, he's probably going to be gone next year, so should we sign Hassan Reddick, who's one of Rule and Snow's guys? No, that's not the thought process. And maybe in the back of your mind, but that's not really the thought process that you can operate under. You have, you have to work as if everything's going to work out. And by signing him, you think it's going to work out. So, yeah. For the right price, I would sign Hassan Reddick. I just think for him, he's adding more weight, letting teams know that, hey, I'm going to be more durable. Like Not like he missed time this year, but he wants to add more weight so he can be better in the run game, just better physically. That's going to make things difficult um, for the Panthers to re-sign him. Like, and he's going to want a long-term deal. He did not get it last year. They signed him to a bargain $6 million deal, and they had some dummy years on the back end of it. But for Reddick, go get your bag, man. And this is his opportunity to do so. So I would absolutely sign him if I could. I just don't know if they will be able to. Alex asks, do you think the Panthers view Frankie Louvu as a starter at linebacker next year? If you all saw the news, which I imagine it did, on Thursday, the Carolina Panthers extended Frankie Louvu, signing him to a two-year $9 million deal, and he'll make $5 million this upcoming season. Uh, the deal included a $3 million signing bonus with $5 million in the first year. That's from Jeremy Fowler. He was a part-time player who quit himself well, had an 84.8 pro football focus grade, and should see an elevated role. Will he start? Well, I think for really, he's a key special teamer. You'll continue to see him do that. But when he was on the field, dating back to the preseason, Frankie Luva was making plays. So he'll continue to have a key role in special teams. Might even be a special teams captain for the team moving forward. Um, he'll continue, I think, we'll see more snaps 
at defensive, at, at edge rusher, wherever. Was, especially if Reddick leaves, then Luva will see a ton more snaps. You also have to account for the fact that Marquise Haynes is gone. I don't think he's going to, like, at linebacker, no. He's not going to be an every down middle linebacker like Shaq Thompson, but could he start opposite uh, Brian Burns? That might be the case. And I don't think that's a bad situation if he's going to be coming off the edge on third downs opposite of Burns. The only thing is you would rather obviously have Hassan Reddick there, but if you can't get Reddick, and they obviously are making a signing out of, I think still wanting Reddick, but understanding that, hey, Frankie can do some nice things for us, and we value him. And he was the guy, they were looking at his tape, the Jets tape. That was the guy that they signed when they first saw Sam Darnold, which is absolutely wild. So I'm excited to see what Frankie Lubu can do for this team. I think that was a good signing by the Panthers, a very smart, prudent one to bring back a guy who's a key special teamer and can also can definitely help you out moving forward defensively in whatever role they ask him to play. All right, Travis, if we roll with Sam this year and add some O-line help, what do you think our record could be? We have a talent on both sides of the ball. Do you think the staff additions help any? I think the staff additions absolutely help. You have experienced three former NFL head coaches now helping out Matt Rule. It can only help. I don't think it can make things worse. Now, the thing, we went over it earlier on the show. There's a lot of holes. Yes, they have talent on both sides of the ball, but they have to fill the holes, and those players have to be healthy. DJ Moore's had an excellent bill of health, and I'm not trying to jinx him, but he's been healthy. And these things, they balance. And Christian McCaffrey's gotten bad injury luck the last two years. I would imagine next year he's going to be healthy for the entire season, just based off of the injury luck that he had. The last two seasons that balanced off him never really having an injury dating back to college. But again, you got to find the offensive line, find a tight end, find some sort of wide receiver help to help out DJ Moore, whether it's Robbie stepping up, Terrace Marshall stepping up. They got to find two other guys who they can actually throw the ball to and have some sort of success there. Find a defensive end who can set the edge, another linebacker or safety, and potentially another corner if both Dante and Stephon Gilmore leave. So, so many things have to happen. It's not just the O line. So, yeah, they get O-line help, and they're able to fill some of these other spots. I don't think they're going to win any more than eight games because I don't think Dan- Sam Darnold's good. And that's that's the thing. Like, the most games he won in New York was seven. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that the season will be doomed if Sam Darnold comes back, but the season's probably going to be doomed if Sam Darnold comes back. Yes, you imagine he would be better with a better offense line and his receivers playing better. The problem is I just don't think he's good enough to play at this level. And to play at a high level. And I get it. Scott Fitter said, when Sam has time, he's getting the ball out quick. He looks like a good NFL starter. Sure. But he's not. And there's four years of tape telling you that. And I don't want to hear the excuse. I've heard all of them. At some point, you got to be able to overcome that kind of stuff. And things don't have to be absolutely perfect. Because not everyone's going to play every week. You could fix the offensive line, have injuries like they had last season, which did not make matters any better. And Sam Darnold could be playing just as bad as he played last year. So... I just don't think with Darnold, they're going anywhere. They could maybe win eight games, but I don't think they're going to have a winning record if Sam Darnold's starting next year, and I hate to say that, but that just seems like that's kind of the reality of the situation. Um, Percy says, do you think Sam Mills is going in as a Saint or Panther? Most of the commercial NFL spots make it look like he's going in as a Saint. Yeah, and I, this is something I didn't talk about, and it came out, what, last Thursday and I had already recorded the podcast. But again, congratulations to Sam Mills. Keep pounding uh, for going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The first true Panther to go in. Like, we've had guys like Kevin Green who played here at the end of their career. And same thing. 
with um, Reggie White, who played here at the end of their career, that went in and not as Panthers, but you know they went into the Hall of Fame. But to now have someone who truly represents everything about this franchise, everything that's good about it, is awesome. What's understand though, he did play the majority of his career with the New Orleans Saints, so he absolutely is a Saint. But the Carolina Panthers just motto and slogan, "Keep pounding," comes from Sam Mills, and I don't think anything in New Orleans really that Sam Mills had an impact on it. It still is lasting. Obviously, he's a Saint. Obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer who played for the Saints. But other than that, they're not running around here and saying keep pounding like we do here in Carolina. I don't know what he's going in as. I don't think it really matters all that much. Of course, the Panther fans, you want him to go on, go in as a Panther. I think you're seeing mostly Saints stuff because that's where he played the majority of his career. But again, we know the impact that Sam Mills had on this organization, this community, and that's all that really should matter. And just be happy that he's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Eventually... We will have guys like Luke Keekley, who only played here for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we'll have Steve Smith. Yes, I understand. Went to the Ravens. We'll have Steve Smith, who was a Carolina Panther. You'll have Julius Peppers, who went all around, but was a Carolina Panther and will be a Carolina Panther. you have Greg Olson. I think we'll have an opportunity. You'll have a lot of Panthers over the next couple of years who will go in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who we can claim as our own. And we can absolutely do that with Sam Mills. So just don't get too caught up in what he's going to go in as. You know he's one of ours, whether... You know, they want to put him in the same. It doesn't matter. He's a Carolina Panther and keep pounding all that. We Come on. And final question here from D. Tucker. Yo, back with that Cam Newton mailbag nonsense. Awesome. Uh, a healthy CMC, a healthy Cam, and DJ in a new scheme for the whole team makes the most sense. We just need time to meld. Cam's not going to be the starting quarterback next year. CMC hopefully will be healthy, and DJ obviously will be back. But come on. Cam Newton's not going to be the starting quarterback next year. If there's a role that fits, they said they would love to have Cam Newton back, but Cam Newton also says he want to go to a team that's going to finish no 5-12. and 12. That's probably the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold's back, and you really want Cam Newton having to come back here and sit behind Sam Darnold? No. So I get it. I love Cam. Y'all love Cam. That makes the most sense to you, but in reality, that's not what's likely to happen. So thanks for the question. And thanks for all the questions this week on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Again, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday, like today, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions at me or DM me on Twitter. But first, click that follow button and follow the show on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. You can also check us out on Spotify. And then starting on Monday, the next time that we have a conversation, You'll be able to watch the show over on YouTube, but don't wait till then. Go ahead right now. Go to YouTube.com and search Locked On Panthers. Find the blue one. Click on that. Click subscribe. And on Monday, you'll be able to watch my beautiful face talking about your Carolina Panthers. So get pumped. Tell your friends. Get everyone to subscribe. We need as many subscribers as possible. The more people that subscribe to that on YouTube, especially since it's getting started, the more people who subscribe, the easier it will be for people to go out there and find the show. So if, they, if you like this show, if you appreciate what I do, then please subscribe as many as, as when you, you can't as many times as you want, but subscribe and let people know the show's out there so people, Panther fans, can go out there and find it and we can get a good following there on YouTube and continue to grow the show to make it better. So hopefully going to have some uh, guests for you next week to try and uh, spice things up. we got the combine going on, so a lot of that talk throughout next week. But in the meantime... Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and keep pounding. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.